text this morning comes from the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. And it reads, When they came to the disciples, they saw a crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe, and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, What are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak, and whenever it seizes him, it dashes him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth, and he grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, You faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind can come out only through prayer. And this is the word of the Lord. God, you may be seated. Please pray with me, friends. Dear Lord, how grateful I am to be here with brothers and sisters to worship. And Lord, I thank you for being so pleased to be with us as we sung songs to you and to touch our hearts, to grant us healing, to grant us encouragement, to grant us strength to persevere. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would continue to be pleased with us, even in the preaching of your holy word. I pray that it would go forth with clarity, with conviction, and Lord, that you would add to it your effectual power to accomplish in the hearts and the minds of every person here exactly what you have sent your word to accomplish this morning. Be present with us, be present with our children outside as they are being taught and as they are being encouraged. And Lord, my prayer is that you are preparing their hearts for the day that they would call out to you in faith. And indeed, I pray that it would be so. For all these things we ask in your name and for your glory, Lord Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, friends. My name is Leon McKenzie, and I serve as the associate pastor at Redeemer Community Church. And although you may have no idea what this means, I also serve as a dean in our diocese and churches for sake of others. Thank you so much, Jenny, for having me this morning. And God bless all of you today. Uh, one thing I will say is that there is a difference between preaching at 11.30 and 9.30 a.m. There's a difference. It feels like the, the coffee doesn't even work that early. But praise the Lord for each of you. But a little bit of background to our text this morning. Jesus, along with James and John and Peter, those who made up that inner circle of Jesus' disciples, his closest of the close friends, they're coming down a mountain, and they're coming down the mountain after an event that we call the Transfiguration. And what happens is Jesus had taken these men up this mountain in order to pray. And as Jesus was praying, he was transformed. He was transformed into all of his divine glory. The gospel writer tells us that his clothes, his clothes appeared whiter than anyone can bleach him. That's just a representation of his divine glory. What's more, as he's on the mountain, Moses and Elijah appear there with him, also in all of their heavenly glory. Now, what's amazing about this is that Moses and Elijah have been gone now for hundreds of years prior to this. And so, Peter, seeing this, is dumbfounded, right? He's at a loss for words. Actually, the gospel writer tells us pretty explicitly that Peter had no idea what to say, but he speaks anyway. And so Peter says to Jesus, he says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. I got an idea, Jesus. Let me build a tent, one for each of you, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Remember, Peter doesn't know what he's talking about. But Peter has this idea because for him, this is it, right? What can be better than having a place where you can find Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. What would be better than knowing exactly where they are when you can come and pray and worship? What could be better? In other words, Peter's like, hey, let's just plant a church right here on the mountaintop. But Jesus doesn't go for this because Jesus understands that his work isn't done. Jesus understands that you can't plant a church on the mountaintop while there's still work to be done in the valley. Jesus understands that he has not yet completed his work of redeeming, of restoration, of saving. He has not yet conquered the powers of evil that continue to bind humanity and ultimately his people. Jesus understands there is still work to be done in the valley, and so Jesus goes down. And as he's coming down, it isn't long before he and these three men are confronted with this very brokenness, this very bondage that Jesus has come to conquer 
A man has come looking for Jesus because his son is suffering. His son is deaf. He's mute. He's an epileptic, which means that he has seizures. And what's more, Mark tells us that all of this is a result of demonic possession. Now, I want us to understand that illness is not always a result of demonic possession. That's not what the gospel writers want to tell us. But in this case, it is. This boy's awful condition is because a demon has taken possession of his body. And it not only makes him sick, but it also seeks to destroy him every chance it gets. And since Jesus wasn't there, the father brought his son to the disciples. And this was right. It makes sense because in Jewish tradition, the disciples should have been very, very close to and aware of and should have had some level of grasp on the teaching and power of their rabbi or teacher. And in the disciples' case, Jesus had just given them, very explicitly given them, authority over unclean spirits, the very kind that affected this young boy. But we learn from the father of the son that the disciples could not exercise this power. They could not deliver this boy from the demon. And this troubles Jesus. Listen to how Jesus responds in verse 19. He says, you faithless generation, how much longer must I be with you? How much longer must I put up with you? Jesus isn't happy about this. And he orders the boy to be brought to him. And, and at seeing Jesus... The demon convulses the boy, gives him another seizure, throws him on the ground. And it's almost as if he knows what's about to happen. It's almost as if this is a last-ditch effort to accomplish his desire to destroy the image of God in this precious little boy. And I don't want you to miss this. I think, brothers and sisters, that sometimes we consider Jesus as divinity to the detriment of his humanity. In compassion, Jesus looks and asks the man, how long has this boy been like this? How long has the devil tormented this, my creation? How long has he been bound and oppressed by this evil? How long has he been this way? And the father responds. He says, since childhood, this thing has tried to destroy him. Everything, every chance it gets, please have pity on us. Please deliver him. In other words, it's been too long. Please deliver him. He says, if you can, deliver him. And what Jesus says next is extremely important to what the gospel writer Mark wants us to get from this passage, okay? Jesus says, if you are able, some translations has an exclamation point, others have a question mark. I think a question mark is better because I think it's a rhetorical question. I think he, that's the way he's posing it. If you're able, like what do you mean? All things can be done for the one who believes, 
I think that's a proper translation because I think some other people improperly translated as all things are possible for the one who believes is if we are able to do anything. No, God is able to do anything when we trust in him, right? But why is this so important? Well, because the disciples, the ones who Jesus had given the authority over unclean spirits, right, they couldn't do it. All things are possible for the one, can be done for the one who believes, but the disciples could not do it. So this tells us why they, could, this tells why they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it because they lacked the faith in God for it to be so. But on hearing this, the father gets exactly what Jesus is trying to say, and he cries out. He says, well, Lord, I believe, I believe but help my unbelief. And at this, Jesus commands the demons to leave the boy, the demon to leave the boy, and it does, and Jesus lifts the boy alive to his feet, alive and well. And when they're all, done, all alone, the disciples ask Jesus why they were unable to cast out the demon. And Jesus tells them plainly, this kind comes out only through prayer. In other words, brothers and sisters, what Jesus tells his disciples is that the difference between experiencing the power of God, the healing presence of Jesus in our lives, is not a matter of faith versus doubt, but rather it's a matter of faith versus faithlessness. You see, there's no such thing as faith without doubt. There is no such thing as faith without doubt. As a matter of fact, brothers and sisters, discipleship, Jesus meeting us, that happens right in that space where faith and doubt overlaps. And that space is a holy place, brothers and sisters, because it's the place where Jesus is pleased to meet with us. You see, friends, the cross is the bridge between our faith and our doubt, right? The cross is the bridge between our dignity and our brokenness, between the image of God and the fallenness of man. That's the space that Jesus has come and pleased to fill because people with perfect faith have no need of a savior. Because perfect faith always believes and perfect faith always does what perfection demands. But if we know anything, we know this much. That's not us, right? That's not us. We don't always believe as we should, and we don't always do as we should, but Jesus is pleased to walk with anyone who has enough faith to at least acknowledge this fact and to at least acknowledge their need for him to come in and fill in the gap. And that's what we see right here in the story. When this father of this 
suffering boy cries out, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus doesn't say, oh, well, not good enough. See you later. Good luck with this demon. That's not what Jesus says, right? When he cries out, I believe, but help my unbelief, Jesus jumps into action. He heals the boy's son because Jesus is pleased to meet this man right where his faith and his doubt overlap. And what I want each of us to hear this morning is that Jesus is pleased to meet every one of us in that very same place. If only we would have enough faith to invite him in. So the question is, do you believe this morning? And do you doubt? Do you believe and do you doubt? Well, if this is the case, if the answer is yes, then you are in the right place this morning because that's exactly where Jesus wants to meet you. That's exactly where Jesus would like to come in and meet with you this morning. Well, the disciples come to Jesus in private, as we've said, and they ask why they couldn't cast out the demon. And I think they missed what Jesus said earlier, but that's not surprising, right? We all tend to miss what God is saying to us. But Jesus told them back in verse 19 exactly what he meant, no uncertain terms. They could not cast it out simply because they were faithless. They're of this faithless generation. And now Jesus shares with them the cure for their faithlessness, right? What is it? Prayer. I love great feedback. Thank you. Prayer. Prayer is the cure for faithlessness because prayer is faith in action. The reason they couldn't cast out the demon is because they did not pray. And I believe that they didn't pray because they thought they could do it on their own. Friends, self-reliance, above God reliance, is the primary symptom or, or the primary indicator of a faithless condition. I'm going to say it one more time. Self-reliance is the primary symptom of faithlessness. And the cure for faithlessness is prayer. Would we be free from faithlessness this morning so that we may experience the redeeming, delivering, saving, healing presence of Jesus in our lives? Then we must pray. Let us pray, as the Apostle Paul tells us, in everything and with all kinds of prayers. Let us be people of prayer because to know prayer is to know and experience the powerful, healing, restoring presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together, friends. Dear Lord, I thank you so much again for your word and for your people. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to bless them. And Lord, that you would help us all to invite you in to that holy space of where who we are and who we should be overlap. 
Lord, I thank you so much for your kindness to be with us. Continue to keep us and strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, friends. This is Matthew, the lead pastor at Emmanuel Anglican Church in East Atlanta. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We are disciples of Jesus who are seeking his kingdom and the flourishing of our neighbors. And if you want to find out more about Emmanuel and what's going on, just hop over to our website. The address is Emmanuel, that's with an I, EmmanuelATL.org. Thanks so much. God bless you. Grace and peace.